1: Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible. It's Thursday, March 11th at the time of this recording, which means we're six days away from the start of free agency and only a few days away until teams can begin tampering. Legally, that is. I'm Russ DeWitt. Join with me is my co-host, Nicholas Moriano. The two of us, we're primed and ready to share our Chicago Bears free agency preview with you all now that we have completed our State of the Franchise series. Nick, I'm curious. How's your week gone? How you doing? I know earlier today you had a pretty big event, which is exciting for me to hear. Uh, how, about, how about you? It's been a good week. Busy week. Uh, last week of grad school for the quarter. So wrapped that up on
2: Wednesday. Got my COVID vaccine shot earlier today. It was a long line, but I look, I hate shots. It's the worst thing. That's my one weakness. I didn't even know what happened. So when, when I got it, I'm like, all right, that's it. Cool. But I was freaking out uh, the entire time before it.
1: But all went well. How about your week? How's it going? Pretty good. Today's my first day. Uh, Last week I kind of alluded to it, but I am transitioning to a new job. Uh, So I've been working remote for over five years now. So I'm going to be going to an office, uh, which I'm excited for, getting to see real people. Uh, I think it's not going to interfere with the podcast at all. Besides, unfortunately, maybe next week if big news breaks in the middle of the day. But I'm assuming with your schedule, you'll be busy as well. So recaps in the evenings may be your best bet anyway.
2: Yeah, I'll be off on Monday and Wednesdays. Who knows? Uh, I well, well, you gotta also tell people you've been playing. Uh, I'm wearing a Spider-Man shirt. You've been playing the new one, and I've heard it's been pretty good so far.
1: Yeah, it's pretty, pretty neat on the PS5. Uh, I know you'll be getting yours here soon, and then you'll be able to experience 3D sound, updated graphics, the low, no load times. Is like the most insane thing ever. You just turn on the game. It's good to go. You turn off the PlayStation, come back to it a day later. It's picking you up right where you left off in the city without having to load back in. It's it's incredible stuff. So I'm excited for you, but I know we have a lot to get into uh, when it comes to the Bears and just looking at them right now. Uh, I think it's uh, worth mentioning at the top of the show that they're around $20 million or so, give or take, uh, over the cap as the NFL has confirmed a reduction in cap space this year. Uh, it has been reported that the Bears will be parting ways with Bobby Massey, which will save them around 7 million. Um, but still there is work that needs to be done as a team needs to be under that cap by the start of the new league year. And on top of that, news just broke right before this episode before we started recording that the Bears did sign kicker Cairo Santos to a five-year extension that can be worth up to about uh, what was that number? I put it in the bottom of my notes, which I don't know why it would be hitting all the way down there up to 17.5 million. And then three years that could be up to what was the number? Do you remember having that in front of you? If they void it out for the three-year mark?
2: Yeah, so it's really a nine million three-year deal with max value of eleven million, according to Brad Biggs's uh, latest tweet. So yeah, I guess how it's going to be play that's going to determine will ultimately Cairo Santos' deal be? But it was one that I think we were both kind of expecting. Will, to the Bears to solidify the kicking position, he. Look, he really earned it from from the way he played last year. So I was happy they got this deal done. That's not a position you have to worry about. We know all the other positions the Bears have to worry about in terms of plugging in holes and finding suitable players. They don't have to worry about kicker. They have Cairo Santos. You know, if he stays healthy, you know he can make those kicks. That's the only thing, though. Like, that's why it didn't work out in Kansas City when he was there. But, look, 28 straight field goals, including the playoff. Uh, again, the
1: playoff loss against the Saints, you liked what you saw from Cairo Santos. It made sense to extend him. I'm excited that he's around. Uh, it feels good to have this position, uh, what seems to be solidified for quite some time, assuming everything pans out. We're Bears fans. We know sometimes, or a lot of the times, it feels like that doesn't, uh, no matter what position we're talking about here. So oh, again, we'll have to see how this contract is structured and what it will do uh, in terms of the Bears' current situation. And as the Bears do need to trim uh, some of their costs to get under the threshold by next Wednesday, unfortunately, Nick, I went back through all the contracts this afternoon, and I couldn't find any magic uh, things that happened. You still can't cut Robert Quinn to save money, Nick Foles, Danny Trevathan. These guys are going to be on this roster. So that gets us back to players like Charles Leno Jr., Jimmy Graham, Kyle Fuller, Akeem Hicks. Those really do seem to be the players that are in really muddy waters between now and then. Uh, again, Bears can't get out any other deals to really free up enough space. These have the biggest monetary values behind them. So whether it's a restructure of a deal or a complete cut, I believe these are our guys that we need to keep an eye on. So to kick off today's discussion... Uh, Do you have any other players uh, that we should be paying close attention to or any suggestions of how this should go down? Uh, I have my own thoughts on probably the best hybrid approach, but I'd be curious if you wanted to kick things off.
2: Yeah, wondering, so this one might be tough to hear too, but a guy like Kyle Fuller, and I get it, we we talked about him just, what, not too long ago, Will, when we were previewing the secondary and what was kind of going on there, but... You look at a guy like Kim, who's what making? Just looking at the the cap hit of well, he's got twenty million for for twenty
1: twenty one as a cap hit, but the Janoris they would save Jenkins. about eleven million if they let eleven him
2: million. So like a guy like Janoris Jenkins was just cut, right? And if you're the Bears, are you looking? Well, can we save some money if we were to maybe move on from a Kyle Fuller, sign someone like that? Look, you're not gonna get the high the same value. From a guy that's why these moves are tough so you look at somebody like that and where the bears are they're tight they're tight in, in cap space we were just talking earlier before we went live like we thought they were tight in cap space a year ago well times that by 10 what's going on right now and they're obviously already over the cap at this point so maybe that's a guy the bears look at i'm not saying they should do that or if that will be the the best route for the bears in this defense but maybe you look at a guy like that obviously he has played into his own here with his bears and you know overcoming a lot of obstacles in his bears career to become the player that he is right now but that's a guy that I look at and just maybe what's available like Janoris Jenkins has been a solid to he's had some good years in the league but you're definitely you're downgrading for sure and that's that's the problem whoever you're probably going to cut or try to save space or extend contracts is another way of doing it where you allocate more money later But if that's a route the Bears are willing to take, then you're going to lose some pretty quality players.
1: Yep, it's really difficult because they can't just get to zero. They have to create space to fill this roster on top of it. So they're going to have to go above uh, that 20 million or so that they're currently over uh, to give themselves some flexibility. And that word I'm going to use kind of loosely here in free agency, but also retaining some of their talent. We'll discuss all that throughout this episode. When I'm looking at it, if you straight up cut Fuller, Hicks, Leno, and Jimmy Graham, you'll save about 34 million dollars. And obviously, those would be that'd be a lot of veterans to just get off of this roster immediately. So if it's up to me, and if the Bears truly are in a win now mode, and again, some of these potential trades like a Russell Wilson, which you keep hearing about, Deshaun Watson, you may be able to. If it happened, it would need to happen quick to kind of offset some of these costs. So like, if you did lose a Cleo Mack, that would be a huge relief. And I'm not a cap expert, so there could be some dead money that would be waiting around as well. Um, but just at these four guys, I'd try to keep the defense intact as much as possible. So that would be a restructure for Fuller, a potential restructure for Hicks, and then I'd just straight up cut Leno and Graham. And then try to, f- I think you can replace them easier than a Nakeem Hicks, than a Kyle Fuller. So that's how I would approach it if you're just looking at these four players. Uh, and again, we'll see how it all kind of uh, shakes down. I wouldn't want to lose Nakeem Hicks. Or Kyle Fuller, uh, if we're going to win now, you need that guy up front in the trenches. You need your number one starting corner. Those are hard to come by. But a average left tackle, an aging uh, tight end that, even though he's a great red zone threat, and we talked about it during pass and play, it was like, maybe he's worth that money. Looking at the current cap situation, I don't know if I can really make that same case in point right here, right now. So that's what I would do, Nick. I don't know if you have any thoughts to riff off of that, but that's kind of where I sit.
2: No, I mean, they're, they're great thoughts in terms of how the Bears can be in a better financial situation moving forward, but uh, and all of that that you just said, Will, you said that Dave Russell Wilson, and I said that I was going to start this show with one word, and I completely forgot. It's whelp, and, and we might as well just quickly address uh, For all the Bears fans that stayed up thinking that Russell Wilson would be a Bear, you know, this morning or at 2 in the morning, similar to how the Khalil Mack trade happened, I feel sorry for you guys. I mean, that's a long time to wake up and not see anything, and... Just like Will, you had to catch up on it like I did. We were both doing other things, and Josina Anderson tweets out "Welp," and then everyone, every Bears fan, wait, what's going on here? This has Welp, somehow Lisa Russell Wilson Bears Chicago, like all this stuff. But it was the funniest thing, and I'm like, wait, there's not more to it. This is this is what got everybody riled up. So completely forgot to start to show off with that. So I dropped the ball there, but you said Russell Wilson, and that just you know popped into my head.
1: I'm glad that I'm able to uh, get you back on the rush train here a little bit. It's I feel very much like I did earlier this week, where it's really exciting to think about these possibilities. And I know the bears would have to give up the farm, which would be fine. But, man, I just don't see how it's really going to happen. Um, but, again, that's just me, and I don't want to get my hopes too far up here. But you never know. But I know this is not an episode to talk about. Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson. We'll see what the Bears do, and we'll be able to talk about who's the next quarterback the Chicago Bears, whether it's that one of them or someone in the draft or someone we don't even uh, maybe even want to consider right now at this point. But let's go ahead, Nick, and get into our free agency preview where we kind of we will go position by position. We'll explain which in-house free agents we want back and for any other players out there currently that may be on our radar. And I know we have some different approaches for me. Looking at the cap or maybe the cap they currently do not have, I tried to find as many bargain buys at some positions of need, doing the best I could with some small perhaps prove-it deals, and I may have a wishful thinking player or two as well throughout. Uh, but, Nick, I know your approach was just a, a little bit different.
2: Yeah, as I was trying to going through all the possible free agents, I just wanted to look at guys that made sense. So I don't know exactly. Like I have – using Track's market value projector, like where they think they might be. And I don't know how that's going to you know fit accordingly with what the Bears don't have, but that's how I kind of approach it. These guys make sense if the Bears
1: want to address some positions of need that we all know they have a bunch of. So it sounds like you changed it a little bit from this morning when you're just like, I'm not looking at the cap, I'm not looking at the contracts, I'm just going to name guys that sound like great fits. So you've, you've altered your... Approach throughout your day and your preparations, huh? A
2: little bit, yeah. I mean, I have it at the bottom of my notes, like the cap value, the market value. So it's like the last thing I was considering when I was looking at some of these guys. But I didn't go out there and like get the the top free agent. Like, yeah, we could fit so and so here because, well, he he's a right tackle and the Bears don't have one. I didn't do that quite, but I did kind of factor in the the, the cap space there
1: i'm proud of you uh this isn't madden you can't turn the salary cap off we have to adhere to the rules the best we can uh so let's go ahead and begin let's start with an offense work our way around the entire horn here today uh but quarterback is there anyone in the free agency market itself not a trade market free agency market uh, that you want to see the bears potentially pursue whether that's not Captain really Newton, alex smith not really. No, no yeah
2: no i mean the one guy that i looked at that it makes sense like if you wanted to especially if they go draft a young quarterback you have that bridge guy in Orion Fitzpatrick but look that's that doesn't scream like oh this is like a good move or anything like that good good mentor and things of that nature but there wasn't really anybody that fit that I guess that mold for me and Alex Smith is kind of enticing because of the connection he has with Matt Nagy but when I was looking at free agent quarterbacks, nothing was like, "Yep, we got to have him." It's that it was the exact opposite, honestly.
1: Yeah, I, you, you already have folds. Like you're already going to have a veteran that's going to cost you a pretty penny. I don't know what getting another one, someone who's available right now, is going to really help this situation. So for me, I also passed here. So wait, you're not bringing back Mitchell Trubisky? i um, hold on. We have to pump the brakes.
2: Uh, yeah, I, we don't have to pump him for too long. It's like a little stop and go because, yeah, Mitch <laughs> Trubisky's uh time here is is done. Well, I think that's it's set in stone. And yeah, I, uh, there was a good article by Adam Johns who kind of touched on the polarizing uh career of Mitch Trubisky. But if anyone hasn't checked that out, go to the Athletic and definitely do so. But yeah, it's it's all all but set in stone for for Mitch.
1: Yep, no, no doubt about it. Let's move on to running back. Uh, before we jump into some potential free agents that you're looking at, at least I have a couple that I like to bring up, uh, I want to kind of gauge your, uh, your thoughts on Cordero Patterson because he's someone that we said play on a couple of weeks ago, but now with that cap decrease, you know, he was giving that about $5 million or so a year. He's someone a lot like Jimmy Graham that even though a few weeks ago, I was like, yes, let's bring him back. I don't know how viable or how, I guess I would say how smart that would be, depending if he takes a pay cut. And he-
0: Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to five hundred dollars on select adjustable mattress sets, and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com.
1: Can get him closer to the three, three and a half million, but even then, it's a little steep. It is a little steep, and that's the problem with Cordell Patterson, who doesn't have the
2: biggest impact on offense. And you, like, yes, he primarily. I, I don't even know. He's like half obviously half running back, half wide receiver, but he's not the best at either one of those, right? So and I, I think we, we I brought him back because of that special team's value, if it's a good deal, but now looking at it and it's only been a little bit of time since then. I, I think you gotta you gotta go a different direction. I know fan favorite, for sure. And mm-hmm. He's you know, always advocating for you know, even Allen Robinson, his teammates himself, like, why don't we have contracts? But it's probably because he's he does a lot of everything, but he's not very good at one thing, except for kick returning. But I think the Bears can possibly find someone that can pos- can do that. So I think the Bears are going in a different direction ultimately.
1: That's where I'm at right now. Again, unless he takes an ultra-team-friendly deal to help us out because we're going to need it, uh, I don't know. If he tries to warrant the same amount of money as the previous contract, it's just not going to happen here in Chicago. Looking at running back specifically – did you find your power back that you've been wanting? No, because I'm pretty sure um, Gus Edwards was the guy that got re-signed.
2: And I was looking at other guys that are possible. Like Chris Carson came up from the C- Seattle Seahawks, and I wouldn't even characterize him really as a power back. He's, what he's about exactly Carlos pro- Hyde? Carlos Hyde, yeah, that was a guy that I, I also saw on there. But you know what? When I Now with the salary cap issue – I'm like, man, I know it's, it would be nice, Will, to have a power back, but I'm kind of almost like
1: putting it down. Is that a luxury? Down.
2: Yeah, it might be. It might be for the Bears. It might with their cap situation. So it wasn't as big of a need, even
1: though it would be great to have. Who, who do you have
2: in mind? Was it just Carlos Hyde? or
1: I have Carlos Hyde. Uh, I have contract values that all came from PFF. Again, I'm not, a, I'm not a contract expert by any means. I think everyone listening knows that. PFF expects him to sign for about one year, $2 million, give or take. I take that as a bargain for Carlos Hyde, and I know you're looking for that power back. That's not Ryan Nolm, this roster. Uh, He finished with four and a half, four yards per attempt last year. As we know, he's not a big elusive back. He's a bruiser mentality, bell cow between the tackles runner that the Bears can use in those short yardage situations. Also underrated uh, with his hands as a receiver, 150 career catches for over 1,300 yards. I don't know, the trio of Montgomery, Cohen, and Hyde, to me, would be a lot of fun. It would probably be kind of what they're hoping for the run DMC a couple of years ago panning out to be that uh, never lived up to the hype. But to me, that's an interesting one if they do want to go out there and get a veteran. And then the only other one, a little bit of a different rusher in its style, but I think you can get a good bargain on maybe, would be a Marlon Mack from Indianapolis because he's... He had the Achilles injury week one, but he has someone, he's a former 1,000-yard rusher, 4.5 yards per carry. He's gonna. He's only 25 with that Achilles. You never know what kind of deal you can get on that. Of course, the health is a big question itself. Um, but, Nick, we both said it when we did a countdown, not countdown to camp, state of the franchise. The Bears need someone if Montgomery has to miss a game or goes down to step up. Either of these two would be that. I don't believe you can trust Artavis Pierce to be that guy. Tariq Cohen as well. So I still feel like it is is a need. Marlon Mack, at least according to PFF, would take about a one-year, $2.5 million contract. Uh, so it would be a little bit more than a Carlos Hyde, barely. And again, these are just projections. Um, but either of these guys would be interesting bargains uh, on some short-term deals that kind of help uh, the backfield as well. But it's kind of where I sit if, because I don't believe Cordero Patterson to be here, so I want to at least give some perhaps cheaper options. that th- They don't give you the return, element um, but they could bolster the backfield a bit
2: no i mean well it's it's a position that like i said i, w- I would take it if the bears had it but maybe that's something that they address later in the draft too because uh, they just got some conditional picks two six round mm-hmm. conditional picks so maybe like you could you can use one of them on on a back that is maybe a little bit one dimensional but and obviously it would be maybe the a cheaper route being a later round pick but yeah they they need to. Add somebody, and if if, if it fits right when, if going through free agency, then I'm all for it. But I just like I said, it just kind of went down my list. Because yeah, it is, it's it's not
1: at. it's not a huge pressing need by any means. I just again I was trying to figure out who could potentially fill that void, and you just mentioned the draft. And I just realized I have to afford other draft picks too.
2: <laughs> so that they are going to be Ooh. I don't even know I don't even know where they're at technically with the Cairo Santos deal, but yeah, they are they're in a they're in a spot for sure.
1: Yeah, no doubt. All right, moving on to wide receiver. Do you have anyone here uh, in the free agency market uh, that you're intrigued by that would make sense? Uh, I know it's a kind of a crowded room, even though we're not getting the production, uh, which that was one of my gripe points uh, on that previous episode when we talked about this position group. But how about you? Uh, Anyone here at this position you would target?
2: Yeah, there's uh, one person specifically, and that's Curtis Samuel from the Panthers. And, again, he was the number three for a team that had two 1,000 yard receivers in DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, and he still put up 851 yards, 77 receptions, three touchdowns. Can also run the football. The Bears know that. I Kind of saw you know a good amount of Curtis Samuel. So I mean, or no, he didn't play that game, I, I believe, because I think you pointed out, Will, that he was a big third down target. And yep. I don't know if the Bears uh, they didn't have to face him good because he is a good player. And out of the slot is where he primarily plays. And well, we, we've talked about Anthony Miller for a long time on this podcast just waiting for him to do something. He just hasn't. Imagine a wide receiver room with now Allen Robinson tagged, Darnell Mooney, and such a versatile guy, and Curtis Samuel. You you would love that. With whatever quarterback is out there, you would hope they could get the most out of that. In terms of money, though, I don't know exactly <laughs> how that would work or what like what is his market value essentially. I think I tried looking at spot track. I don't know if they – they had it there, but um, Curtis Samuel is a playmaker. And if you can add that to an offense that didn't get much out of that kind of position, the third wide receiver, the slot receiver, and that would be a big asset. And I've pulled it up right now. They have it at 12.4 average annual salary for Curtis Samuel. Probably a little bit too expensive for the Bears. Um, and what they're doing but man that would be that'd be fun to watch to have those three guys out there catching passes
1: pff predicts three years 25 million uh, with 15 million total guaranteed 10 million fully guaranteed at signing that one was ultra specific Um, but i can't disagree uh, that he would be an interesting uh, fit in this offense for me nick i don't know if this name will ring a bell or give you any like flashbacks but Josh Reynolds from the Rams. Remember how much of a draft crush I had on him years ago when he was coming out? He's back. I I, I would love it. I would love it if the Bears can find a way to make this work. Uh, he was in all my mock drafts a few years ago. Um, my goal here would to get production out of that wide receiver three or four role. We talk about it. Wims and Ridley, they have had a hard time getting on the field themselves. Josh Reynolds, he's been on the field for 750 or more snaps in two of his three seasons for the Rams. Great size and length. He's 6'3", with a really good catch radius. Reliable. Only four drops on 165 targets over his career. And then when you're looking at, uh, let's see, he caught 52 of his 77 targets last year, nine career touchdowns, averages nearly 13 yards per catch on his 113 career receptions. He's a really willing blocker on the outside. So if they want to get rid of whims, but they're like, oh, no, who's going to block out there? You can bring in Josh Reynolds. Uh, He also knows how to make people miss. He has speed to run away from defenders. A third of his yards come after the catch. Uh, PFF. Estimates you get about a two-year, eight and a half million dollar contract. So I think it would be potentially plausible here uh, if the Bears want to spend money on offense at a position that they need to get a little bit more out of. I think Josh Reynolds uh, is a really intriguing guy. That loved him a lot when he was coming out from Texas A&M, and I would love to see if they can find a way to uh, bring him in here now. And even if he can turn into that wide receiver three role, replace Anthony Miller, great. And if they want to go with four wide receivers and have him be that fourth guy, or maybe Miller slots down to the fourth guy, and Reynolds is the third in rotation, that'd be intriguing too. But a guy with height, length, speed, I think he can really help this offense a lot. And he's still young too, and he wouldn't take a lot of money. So he's someone that I think Nagy would have a lot of fun uh, using in his offense. So that's just the one receiver uh, I have as well. All right, moving on to tight end. Uh, this one may be a pressing need if Jimmy Graham's contract is not something the Bears are able to kind of eat right now. Uh, at this position, I know we both decided we would play J.P. Holtz. I'm assuming that still stands here. I don't. He's going to be uh, cheap. He's going to want to come back. We're going to want him back. That's done. But you're still going to need a little help for Cole Komet. You can't have a one tight end offense. We know this offense uh, runs with two. Uh, we've been told that ever since Matt Nagy came in. So, how do you find or where do you find another tight end? And I believe they have to find one in free agency if they let Graham walk because we know how hard it is for rookie tight ends to really break out. You don't want to draft another one so high. So, I feel like a veteran tight end, if they let go of Jimmy Graham, is going to be one of those players that you do see come in. It's just a matter of who.
2: Yeah. So, when I, as I was kind of looking at the guys that, are available there's not too many tight ends that really stand out there I mean just looking at the guys there Gerald Everett from the Los Angeles Rams a younger tight end more of the pass catching tight end was somebody that was kind of intriguing if she, but here's the thing if Sean McVay couldn't get the most out of him what makes you think Matt Nagy is going to get the most out of a guy like this I mean you we see what Sean McVay could do with his offenses Matt Nagy has not been proven to get the most out of what he's already has on a roster another guy that was Kind of and like the market value for him seven point three annual average salary, and that's basically what you know uh Jimmy Graham is kind of making it at this point, but he's just younger and maybe you can unlock that potential. Who knows? Jared Cook was another guy that is a obviously a free agent this year. The Bears know what he could do. He caught a couple or caught a touchdown against the Bears in the meeting with the Saints in the regular season. Kind of can fit that in line. Also, can go out and run some passes. Older, obviously, is that it, it? Look, he's basically making the same amount of money that Jimmy Graham was. So it's not like you're you're really saving much either. There wasn't a lot of options there um, for a free agent tight end that I liked that I think would be serviceable. And ultimately, if you know if the Bears want Russell Wilson, maybe Jimmy Graham's a part
1: of that. <laughs> but I, I just didn't find anybody that was really intriguing on my end. I have too. Um, what about Anthony uh, Frisker uh, from Tennessee? Uh, he has himself a pretty decent role down there. Uh, the Bears, uh, obviously, they're going to need it. Uh, Frisker, he's been known as a more of a pure move tight end, so that you guy, uh, which I think is a big need in this offense. If you do move on from Jimmy Graham, and honestly. I think Graham is kind of uh, kind of forcing that fit anyway. Uh, so it's, he's a little bit smaller. He's only six foot two. Uh, so you do lose some of the height, um, but Komet has that in bunches on the other side as well. Um, but when you look at uh skirt, he lines up everywhere out wide in line in the backfield and slot. Uh, he was just someone that Tennessee really liked last year. Tannehill really leaned on him uh, on third down. Uh, he's clutch. He's that security blanket on that money down. Uh, when he was targeted, uh, had a gorgeous 105.6 passer rating. Uh, He had 10 yards per catch. He caught 39 of 50 targets. Great hand, zero drops, strong route runner. He can beat safeties and linebackers in space. Really like what he brings to the table. I think that uh, Fersker and Komet, they can be what the Bears hope Burton and Shaheen were going to be, but probably a little bit more. And I know he, unfortunately, he's restricted free agent right now, so he, he probably will get tendered and stay. Um, but it's still a potential option. Uh, and He's only looking to warrant about two years, $9 million overall. So about $4.5 million per season. So I think it's doable. And then someone who's on my list for last year, just real quick, from Seattle, uh, would be Jacob Hollister. Uh, he's like that wider, uh, tight end two or three option. He was on my list last year, um, but he was tendered over in Seattle, so he stayed put. Um, but he's probably going to make too much, about $7.5 million per year. So just like your options, too, it makes a lot, uh, about the same amount as Jimmy Graham, but someone else that could be another move tied end option. Good production, too, 73 catches over 8 yards per reception his last two seasons. It's going to be tough, uh, to say the least. So if they can find a way to grab that guy from Tennessee, I'd be glad, but outside of that, uh, either you're going to find someone and really hope that they have potential, or you're going to probably have to either – pay someone about the same as Jimmy Graham we just keep Jimmy Graham but I don't know how you can do that right now uh, financially so it's a really tough situation uh, at tight end for the Bears I think this offseason
2: yeah I see in the chat and this this name always pops up I feel like every single year will Tyler Eifert yeah T Ross put that in there Um, I think yeah that's always a name that pops up and injuries I think that's the one thing that the Bears I think can't gamble on when looking at the tight end position because they had such a bad history with the injuries, you know, just in the past with the guys they've had before the group that was playing last year, which was, you know, nice for, for, for a change. So probably not going to be the direction
1: the bears go, but he always comes up. Sure does. Any, uh, anything else at tight end, or are we moving down to offensive line? Let's move down to the offensive line. Well, I'm curious to see what you kind of got for, for these guys. All right, starting with the in-house people real quick. Alex Bars, uh, he's staying for your play? Yep, he's staying. And then for uh, Jermaine Effetti, I'm still playing Jermaine Fetty. I think right now with Bobby Massey's uh, imminent departure, uh, he's a cheap right tackle.
0: Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill request to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere with most standard algorithm in the order it was received, please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it.
1: For replacement, uh, that way if the Bears do want to draft a tackle, uh, heck, if they let go of Leno Jr., you may need two tackles right now as well. Uh, if they keep Leno Jr. and you just need the one and you want to draft it, hey, you don't know how the draft's going to go. You may not get your guy. Uh, I know it's a deep class, but still, I think you give a rookie a veteran to beat. And even if he does, Effetti can be a great swing tackle um, as well as a right guard option as well for a depth piece. Uh, so great for a backup's potential, not a great right tackle. So i make sure I was pretty clear on that. But I would still bring him back uh, given the cap restraints uh, as well. What about you and Effetti?
2: yeah i'm bringing him back i wonder will like as i'm thinking well what if the bears have to trade all these picks and they somehow do get a quarterback jermaine Fetty did play with russell wilson now, he probably doesn't have fond memories with him at right tackle because he's giving up some pressures over there but i don't know if it turns out to where the bears just don't have the capital to get a high round you know tackle in this draft and there's supposed to be a lot of them and there's a lot of depth there i wonder if Going with Jermaine Effetti Jermaine as a starter isn't actually an option for the Bears at this point. They did it for the last couple of games, and like like you, I think he's definitely a backup that's more suitable to him. But I wonder if that's in, in the works, in the plans, depending on what actually ends up happening at the quarterback position. A lot of factors there, but I, I, like you, I am playing Jermaine Effetti.
1: I think he can do some good things or decent things for this team. If Jermaine Ifedi can start at right tackle and give you Bobby Massey-ish production for a very low amount of money, I can live with that. Like that's, I would have no problem with that whatsoever, given everything the Bears are having to face this year when it comes to their cap. I'd be more, I can accept that uh, for a 2021 option, look to improve in 2022. I think that's a realistic one, and it's one that we may potentially see play out as well. Uh, looking around the league, though, Nick, uh, I know the Kansas City Chiefs uh, uh, released a couple of people today uh, that are on their radar, although they're not on my list. I do have a uh, guy from Kansas City and a guy from Seattle. Okay, so I have
2: a guy. Uh, I have a tackle, and then I also have a center for, for this. But we'll start with the tackle right now from Buffalo, Daryl Williams, 28-year-old. He did have an injury in 2018. that limited him to one game. 2019 was just a bad season for him, played multiple he basically played everything but right tackle which you know they just needed to at the time <laughs> at carolina so it didn't put him in an advantageous situation in the first place but 2020 with the buffalo bills with just josh allen as the quarterback did some pretty decent stuff throughout the season only allowing four sacks throughout the entire year just really got back to form so Daryl williams is a guy that i think is an upgrade over bobby massey the only thing is according to Spot Track, projected annual average is about seven point eight million. So it's you know, a little bit more, but I think you get more productivity if he's can stay healthy. But Darrell Williams is a guy that popped up being, you know, twenty eight years old. He did have a couple or one bad season, one injury, riddled season, and then a good twenty twenty. I think that's gonna be some of the themes that you're gonna find with a lot of these players like Okay, so why are you here? Why are you in free agency? Oh, because maybe this happened in the past. Maybe you're just moving on from a different those are the team, kind of but... players
1: we have to target this year. We can't just go get the top ten, top five guys at any position. You're going to have guys that uh, they face some adversity, uh, and you know a little bit of a roller coaster type of career. You're going to have to take some good at the bad. You just have to make sure that the bad outweighs the. I mean, the good outweighs the bad. Almost said it backwards there. Shame on me. But sorry to cut you off. But it's just it's who we have to look at.
2: Yeah, that's, that's what the Bears' situation is. They can't, you know, be picky with who they're, you know, looking at because they're, you're not going to find that, that, oh, wow, how did this guy get the free agency? We're just going to plug him in. It's going to be perfect. No, it's it's really the opposite of that. So that's why a guy like Darrell Williams, if the Bears really don't go through the draft, which I think that's going to be the likelihood of what they do to address the right tackle or whatever tackle position, just because it's going to be a cheaper option, obviously younger player, upside, and things like that, but... Darrell Williams was a guy that, you know, when I looked at the free agents,
1: he's the one that stood out. Okay, I have two centers, by the way, because I think that, to me, if they're going to get someone a free agency, I think you can save a little bit of money compared to going and buying a tackle. Uh, and then from there, like you, the draft's my approach for that one. So I'll start off with the one I hope they can get. Um, and that's going to be Austin Reeder from Kansas City. PFF says he can take about two years, about $9.5 million. I, I would pay that for a center. Uh, so that's if the Bears can find this money. Uh, reader from Kansas City, real interesting pick. Uh, former seventh-round selection, but he's really developed. Last year, he only allowed a pressure on every 85 snaps. He allowed zero sacks on the year. Uh, in fact, he has not allowed a sack in Super Bowl 54. And he also had a big goose egg for quarterback hits allowed last year, another zero. He's a champion. Uh, he's been on a great offense. We all know Ryan Pace covets that. Uh, he's been an above-average center that I think can hold down the fort. Chicago, I think this would be a clear upgrade from a Sam Mustapher. Uh Obviously, we both liked what Mustapher was able to provide last year, but if the Bears can upgrade uh, for a decent price, this may be the guy. Uh, again, this is just a projection uh, for the contract, but uh, I saw your ears perk up. I know you have headphones on, um, but still, uh, was he on your <laughs> list or someone that you least considered? Yeah, definitely someone that I was considering.
2: I did have him on the list here. I didn't go in-depth with, like like you did, Will, because I went with a, another direction. So before you give your, your second center, I want to give the guy that I was kind of looking at here, and that's David Andrews from New England, a guy that played 12 games last year, missed uh, weeks three through six with a broken thumb injury, was placed on IR for that time, but came back and also missed week 17 due to a calf strain. But in 2020, only two sacks allowed, 12 total pressures, so did pretty good down there um, in the stability it, with a new quarterback too. So that's you got to also factor that in, but David Andrews was able to play pretty well. He did sit out 2019 due to blood clots in his lung, but it looks like he's over that. <laughs> <maybe>. <laughs> you know, Jeez. yeah. So so this is why like maybe this can work for the Bears. It's like, can you get him on a bargain deal because of some of the injury? injuries that he's had and what he had to go through in 2019 but he was a team captain in each of his last four seasons been a full-time starter at center since 2016 spot track has him projected at 7.1 million on average again maybe more on the high side for the bears but if the bears don't think that mustafer is actually the, the realistic option he was a placeholder and he did you know pretty decent for a guy that was just put into the mix and was able to, you know, handle everything that he had to at center, and they want to upgrade to David Andrews. I think you really provide stability with Whitehair and uh, James Daniels there in the interior, and it would be a de- good, decent starting interior offensive line for whatever quarterback's there. But yeah, maybe those those injuries can, you know, drive down the price a little bit. But when I read that, I'm like, oh well, maybe that's why he's in free agency. But we'll have to wait and see.
1: There you go. My last center is Ethan Posick from Seattle. This one would be, if I had to settle for a guy, he'd be someone I'd look into. Uh, he allowed a very similar clip of pressures, uh, kind of like Sam Mustafer. He allowed 18 total pressures on about 600 or so pass block snaps, so one pressure on every 33 uh, pass blocking snaps allowed. Uh, and then uh, when you want to compare his strengths and his weaknesses, uh, he's a better pass blocker uh, than he is a run blocker. Nick, we all know in Seattle, that offensive line the past few seasons. Uh, as we looked with Jermaine Effetti, they've been all over the place. Guys playing every position up front. Uh, Post-6 no different. He played guard for the past couple of years prior to last season. Then he moved over to center, and that's where he was able to really see his play kind of find some stability. And then he was starting to trend in the right direction. Uh, he still needs to work on getting stronger at the point of attack. Um, but I do like his uh, quickness to be able to reach that second level uh, as well. So... With that limited cap, if, uh, for my guy, Austin Reeder wasn't available or out of budget, uh, Ethan Posick out of Seattle uh, would be another intriguing bargain guy that I wouldn't mind seeing. And again, even if he's just competition for Mustafer, at least you bring him in uh, and you have someone that he competes for, I think that's a big need as well. You can't just roll in with Sam Mustafer, your starting center. So for me, that's just yet another guy, which completes our offensive discussion, which for a unit that needs to get so much better, so much better than it was a year ago, not a lot of, again, I know we don't have money to spend, but it still feels a little underwhelming. It definitely does. And
2: I think what, man, I think what the bears are hoping is that, look, you can't find a lot of answers through free agency. You know what can kind of overshadow a bunch of different holes just get a franchise quarterback. So you can have a lot of those deficiencies everywhere and it won't be as bad, but yeah, this is not, not the year in terms of cap, in terms of guys that you can actually acquire to address a lot of the needs that the bears do have.
1: Yeah. All right. We'll switch over defense, starting in the trenches, defensive line. I have zero people I'm looking at around the NFL because I want to bring back Mario Edwards, Brent Urban, and John Jenkins. I bring the trio back. Edwards is great depth at any position up front. Brent Urban, we know. He provides quality reps as well. It was this episode a year ago that I said, make sure you sign Brent Urban back because he showed some flashes in 2019. And the second year in a row, I'm going to say, bring back Brent Urban. Real strong defender against the run. I was surprised to see that he was PFFs third-highest run defender uh, for all interior defensive linemen last year, uh, which was really cool to see. Uh, And that's out of everyone that played at least half of the top snaps. So uh, he was in some good uh, company there as well. And then if you had both Mario Edwards and Brent Urban back, I think they just provide some different strengths. Uh, Mario Edwards, again, he's a little bit better getting after the pass. And then Urban... He's a little bit better against the run, even though both are pretty well-rounded players and do the opposite. I a pretty decent clip too. I don't want to say that they're slouches in those regards, but I do like how they kind of round each other out and provide a really complete skill set. And then John Jenkins, I think, would be another solid year back in Chicago for a backup for Eddie Goldman. Uh, I wouldn't mind bringing him back. I'm not going to overthink anything up front, uh, and I'm going to keep this thing in budget. Uh, no reason to spend out in free agency. Bring everyone back here that you can. How about you, Nick? I think you're in a similar boat based off your facial expressions.
2: Yeah, actually, I was just looking at the top 100 from, what was the NFL.com, and I just saw Kyle Long was on there, and that was, was something that we didn't talk about. But, yeah, seeing him on there kind of made me smile there. But, yeah, in terms of defensive linemen and possible guys they can get, there weren't, I, I'm more so in-house bring the guys that, all the guys you mentioned, I'm all for bringing back. I think the Mario Edwards is going to be interesting how the bears play it um we know he's going to be suspended for the first two games and he was productive i think he does have some talent getting after the quarterback and it is a little bit different from what a brent urban provides but both those guys i i would be all for bringing back some guys i do see on here a sheldon rankins from from the saints he is coming off an acl injury so i I don't know if that's about the bears take and then one other guy that i did see and this is i think a bigger name but he's more of a rotational player at this point of his career, being thirty one years old, is Derek Wolf, who was on the Ravens. Yeah, productively, I think everyone knows the name, but it and he was a rotational player for the Ravens, did help that D line, better defense last year. And it, it could just be again too expensive for the Bears. And they do have mm-hmm. some guys that they can can do what maybe not to the extent that Derek Wolf can do in terms of production, but they have some guys in house that I just like better.
1: Yeah, Derek Wolf, he was on my list last year. Uh, I was very intrigued by what he can bring. Like you said, probably a little too pricey this year, um, but if you're looking for those veteran fits, depending on what the, that contract would look like, if you have to move on from one of these guys, that may be the way to go about it. And I know none of us mentioned Roy Robertson-Harris, but that's because we both believe he's not going to be in Chicago and uh, not that I mean I'm passing on him, but I think you said, if I remember correctly, you're not technically passing. You just believe that he's gonna want too much money that the Bears can't afford. Yeah, that, that's how I think it's gonna play out. I think some team sees the the size and the possibility and be like, all right, absolutely, let's, let's do it for Ray Robinson Harris. All right, let's move over to outside linebacker. Uh, James Vodders is coming back. It's a. Then you have Mac Quinn, Vodders. Uh, I still think Little Mac is technically under contract uh, as well. Uh, and then you have Travis Gibson, which is sad that I actually forgot about him, and he's last on my list. I don't have him in my notes. It's going off the top of my head here. Uh, no Mingo as of yet. Would you b- still bring back Mingo? Yeah, I'm all for bringing back Barkevius Mingo. I really
2: liked what I saw from him last year. So, yeah, I think that, that would be a good move for the Bears. I, solid depth is what I see from Mingo and he can definitely provide that if he's here
1: for another season. That's why I'm still playing Mingo as well. I would hope that he wouldn't cost too much money. That the Bears can bring him back, and I would be uh, excited to keep that group uh, intact. Unfortunately, Robert Quinn has to be part of that group. Uh, I still do believe, though, Nick, that in an ideal world, and I don't think we get to live in one uh, as often as we would like, you can find someone that has starter quality-ish, or fringe starter, at this position to kind of offset some of snaps. And if he doesn't pan out for the second straight year, uh, you can totally just take him off the field, replace him, and hopefully something would kind of uh, come to light and shine. Uh, one guy that I did see around the league uh, would be maybe like a Tyus Bowser. Uh, he's from Baltimore as well. Decent in all three phases against the run and his pass rush as well as in coverage. Uh, He had one of the better pass rushes for Baltimore last year with 32 total pressures coming off the edge, second-most run stops at the position, and in coverage he only allowed a 51 pass rating on 17 targets. Uh,
0: Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com.
1: It costs about, again, according to BFF, three years, $21 million, so probably not. Don't think they can spend that much money yet again to the position. I saw Pranel McPhee on the list as a bargain guy. I was like, I don't know if I would run it back with him, uh, but Mingo would be a strong one. And. I think the biggest one, and we haven't talked about it, is that you really hope Travis Gibson takes a huge step next season. I think that's what you have to bank on here.
2: Yeah, that's that would be huge for the Bears. Um, just so, one, you're, he's still playing, obviously, on that rookie contract. You don't have to go out and sign anybody in free agency to kind of serve as that rotational piece because you're not looking for stars at this position, obviously, just the money that's allocated to the guys that are already there, even though, like you said, Robert Quinn, you probably could find somebody that could be more productive. But... Yeah, that's gonna be key for them. A guy that I saw again, it's just a name that's on there. Carrie Heider, who is on the San Francisco 49ers an edge he's more of a defensive end more than an outside linebacker, but look, that's Robert Quinn was more of a, I was gonna you know. say it sounds like Robert yeah. Quinn part two. <laughs> exactly. So he does have looking at some of the stats here in twenty twenty twenty, fourteen uh what am I looking at? Fumble recovery's got he had eight and a half sacks, Will. Like, that's that's good production. I have a guy that most likely I think the 49ers will find a way to bring back. But, uh, again, I think in-house, I, I like what I saw from Barkewis Mingo. Obviously, Gibson, you're just hoping you see more out of – more product, more playing time, honestly. I think you could get that. And James Waters, I think, like, what? They already re-signed him. So, you know what they, the Bears have. And
1: I'm good with staying in-house again for, for the defense on this position. All right, moving to inside linebacker. Uh, what do you want to do with this position? Uh, is there anyone that you would like to retain? I know Josh Woods is staying. Uh, or is there anyone else around the league that you like to see come in? Yes, I would like to see somebody come back. And oh, that- no way. Hold on. At the same time, three letters. Yeah. <laughs> One, two, three. KPL. Yes! Yeah! are we- right. Well, okay.
2: Look, I was going to wear a freaking red flannel shirt, and Will is wearing one, Should've. and we both had KPL on our list. Let's I run think it that... back with KPL. Let's go. Preach. Preach there, Will. That's what the Bears should do. I think that's a reliable – that's a guy that you know you can count on. And when he went in for whoever was injured at the time, whether it was Roquan or Danny Trevathan, you felt good with Kevin Pierre-Lewis out there. And, you know, I think the one season that he had in Washington, you know, put a – very average, okay number. We're not looking for anything spectacular. You're just looking for someone that you feel comfortable with. I don't feel comfortable with Josh Woods or Joel E.A. Buniwe. I feel comfortable with KPL and I know you do, Will, because we're always thinking on the same page.
1: You know what they say, you know, KPL raised some hell, but no, for real. Like, he would be an an amazing guy to return. Uh, He's solid in coverage. He actually had a better coverage grade than Roquan Smith last year. He had one of the highest coverage grades when he was here in Chicago in 2019. And he still had a solid year in Washington. 56 tackles, 13 games played, three tackles for a loss, two passes defended, a four stumble, and a sack. Don't forget about that element of his game. He can blitz. That was another sneaky element of his game that we really like to see in his defense. He knows the system. He knows Sean Desai. I'm sure they can get it along, bring him back. And he had a great opportunity last year to get a big deal and get some money. And it didn't really pan out. I think Washington maybe didn't do him any favors by making him an off-ball linebacker, a little bit out of position, bring him back in Chicago, right back to the natural fit uh, as that third linebacker inside of our unit here. He's someone that I can feel, like you said, comfortable. If he needs to go in for a game, string of games, you know, he's not the best run defender, but you can overcount, You can compensate for that with your front seven, the remainder of it. So for me, heck yeah, man, KPL, let's go. Yeah, I, I love that. I
2: knew that as soon as I was someone to return, you're like, I know who that is. And there's not other guys mm-hmm. that fit that that criteria, but hey. It was Jonathan Bostic. I don't think he's available, but I was trying to think of linebackers out there. But We're not getting Nick Kwiatkowski back. He is doing good things for the Raiders. But, yep, KPL, all for it.
1: Awesome. Well, I'm glad. Yeah, no, he is uh, – that would be great. I, I think he can come in. It wouldn't be too expensive, and it would be a great fit. And then that tur- that takes my whole concerns, not completely out the window, but it would my confidence level in that whole position to go up a few points uh, without a doubt. What about Manti Teo? Uh, the more I thought about it, again, I'm intrigued. Uh, he played well in that game. If it's, again, super bare minimum deal, fine. I wouldn't want to pay him much more to stay around. I think he's kind of where he's at this age of his career for a reason, Um, But I I still put maybe. Uh, I would potentially entertain an offer to him, depending on how things shake out.
2: Yeah, I mean, the Bears, they have a fascination from guys from Notre Dame. They really do, whether it's on offensive offensive line or, you know, uh, Manti Teo, because he was the one starting in that game against the Saints for the wild card and over at Josh Woods. so. I would bring him back. I don't know. There's not going to be a crazy market to get a Manti Teo on your roster like you need this guy. And I think he could definitely grow to be a good special teamer as well. So, yeah, I'm I'm all for bringing Manti Teo back. And, again, the Bears felt comfortable with him.
1: I still feel more comfortable with him than a Josh Woods, to be completely honest. Fair point. Let's move on to corner back here. Uh, obviously, the Bears need to find a starting nickel corner. Maybe that player's on the roster. Maybe he's not. Nick, at this position, which I know is interesting because we don't know what they're going to do with Kyle Fuller. I hope he's here. That's how I approach it. I uh, just want to be upfront and honest with you. Uh, did you have anyone uh, either in-house or around the league that you wanted to mention uh, that you would bring back?
2: Yeah, so in-house, or, well, looking at the outside corner position, like I mentioned the name Janoris Jenkins being a possibility. Like I'm all, I am I would love to have Kyle Fuller back more than anything um more than a guy like Janoris Jenkins but that could be a possibility in terms of just the cornerback position in general that nickel corner spot in house you're looking at Duke Shelley and Kendall Vildor to see who can i think fight for that spot but a guy that if they the bears were to go in free agency which i hope that's not the case that one of those guys i just mentioned Vildor or Shelley can possibly take that nickel corner spot that would be the, the route to go but a guy that you know was intriguing was Troy Hill from the Rams He's a 29-year-old, 2020, had 77 tackles, three interceptions, two were returned for touchdowns. He also had two fumble recoveries. One was returned for touchdown. But this is the ultimate, like, make-or-break guy. He will have a fantastic play, even a fantastic game. And then the next week, it's like, who? why are you doing this? Why are you just not making
1: these tackles? Like, open field tackling and Troy Hill do not go together. It's, it's, Maybe it's he has, like, a twin. Maybe like need to switch off some games. Like, hey, I, I'm not feeling well. I need you to suit up this week. And okay, yeah, because it's it's like he could
2: look three touchdowns just last year for a very good Rams defense. Similar system with, um, what I think Sean Desai is going to run here with the Bears. So I think it would fit. And I think, what, 29 years old, I think Buster Screen is now 31, so it would be the same age as when Buster Screen was first on the Bears, like a similar age kind of starting point when, when coming to uh, this Bears defense. Obviously knows this, knows how to be a nickel corner, but he also has versatility to play on the outside. He did that a couple of times when he was on the Rams. But honestly, I don't want the Bears to go this route. I, I just think you can't put more, more. I think, revenue going into this defense. it's already plenty. You have big, big money on every level, defensive line, linebacker, and yep. in the secondary. So I don't know if the Bears can afford to, to go this route, but if they're not comfortable with who they got in-house, it might be their only option.
1: Oh, I have an option. I, I, I <laughs> You know me. Hey, what do you always tell me? This is actually a little personal. What do you always tell me about my shopping habits? I can find those deals. That is very true. You always do, Will. So what's what's the deal this time? It's Corn Elder. That's the deal. Uh, he is from Carolina. Small name, right? Like, who the heck is Corn Elder? Looked into him a little bit here throughout the week. He played a decent amount of nickel for Carolina last season. He's entering year four. Uh, he broke out a bit uh, this last season uh, after a knee injury his rookie year, bouncing around a practice squad. I think he even had went off of Carolina, went to the Giants practice squad, and then they brought him back because of some injuries to their secondary. Uh, Last year, he had 32 total tackles, a forced fumble. But this is where things get interesting to me. Uh, When he's playing in the slot, so when he's covering the slot receiver, he only allowed 67.5% of those targets to be completed, 27 to 40. And only 9 yards per catch, 3 PBUs, 0 penalties, and that's in 307 coverage snaps. That's a 10% improvement. Uh, from Buster screen in terms of the reception percentage allowed, three less yards per catch than Buster, five fewer penalties than Buster screen, and he also allowed a much friendlier passer rating of 99 compared to Screen's 123 last year. Sound tackler, only two misses last year. Screen had eight, by the way. Uh, He's also willing to get uh, dirty, get in there, some closing speed. I believe he's a former teammate of Deion Bush, if I remember correctly. I think he played ball at Miami around the same time. I think Bush was a little bit older, um, but I believe they did cross paths there as well. And PFF th- thinks that he'll get a deal, but it's only going to be about one year, 1.25 million, around that veteran minimum, uh, to kind of get a prove-it deal out there to see if it wasn't just a fluke. So if you're looking for some competition uh, for Duke Shelley or Vildor, uh, or you know maybe both of them, and you want a veteran who's been around just a little bit longer, um, but also it has to prove himself. I think this would be a really intriguing option uh, for the Bears. I also saw like a Mackenzie Alexander hearing rumblings about that. I think that would be a little bit out of our priced range as well. Uh, I think, what, Desmond King uh, was another one I keep hearing rumblings about too, but still uh, a little bit too expensive, although I'm sure they will put a huge smile on your face too, uh, going to Iowa and all. And then last but not least, I want to make it official. Would you now move on from Artie Burns? Because I think I would because I don't – you already have – uh, Trey Robertson still under contract, and I don't think you should bring back already Burns unless they think he can start on the outside and they can get him on that veteran minimum type of deal and see how things shake out with a Kyle Fuller. But just with how the the money stacking up here, it seems like an unnecessary contract at this point. Again, things can change, and I could have a change of heart if that happens. But as it stands today, it may be a little unnecessary. It it definitely
2: could be, especially if Kendall Vildor is your backup outside corner, and Duke Shelley is the nickel. Then you also have a Trey Roberson. What do you really need Artie Burns for? But if it happens to go Kendall Vildor is the nickel, then you have Trey Roberson as the primary backup, or maybe you could. You put don't even Vildor know. Well, hey, we there. don't even yeah. know what
1: Trey Roberson is. Like we exactly we can't act like he is anything. Like he was really good in the CFL. He got hurt. We didn't get to see any of it. I think we still hope there's some potential there, but we can't say, oh, well, we have Trey Roberson. That means nothing.
2: Yeah, we can't say that we're good because Trey Roberson's there. But Artie Burns, you know, again, we didn't get to see what he had because of that injury, that season and injury that he had early on in training camp. But, if look, there's not going to be a market for him. He's not going to cost a lot. And if the Bears feel like Kendall is going to be the nickel corner, they want to have more depth back there from a guy that has played, snapped on the outside corner, unlike a Trey Roberson in the NFL, then I could see see him coming back. I, I could, but, again, all goes back to that cap and where the Bears see their current guys actually fitting
1: for this defense in 2021. Yeah, it's, it's real. Uh, it's interesting, to say the least. Uh, one more position here on defense, that's safety. I can do a too-long-didn't-read version and say what I said for the defensive line, just put in some different guys here. Uh, Put a bow on it, but that's how I'm looking. Bring back Gibson, bring back Bush, bring back DHC, and McManus. Uh, No reason to go out of house, I think, this season at this position. Yeah. And you still have Jordan Lucas, too, and I think Marquis Christian under contract, which may squeeze one of these guys out when you think about it, if they have to keep it under cap. So I would still hope to bring them all back, but depending on how they feel about Jordan Lucas – Marquis Christian, since they are under contract, that could decide how the Bears approach it. I don't think Tashawn Gibson would be in that category. I think he's unique because he'll be the starter. He's that caliber. But then when you're looking at uh Bush, DHC, and McManus, they all and with Marquis Christian and Jordan Lucas, they're all kind of that backup special team kind of spot, and who knows? Like, could they really afford to bring back all of these guys? And also have those other two under contract that's really intriguing to me right now as I'm just kind of thinking about it uh, on the spot yeah I think with with the safety position I what I
2: said on Dion Bush like I, I think the Bears will part ways with him um, just because of what they saw at DHC being the guy mm-hmm. that came into the game um, and we know that Vic Fangio really liked Dion uh, Bush so did Chuck Pagano and I would assume maybe Sean Desai does we don't know that it's never been said before but Maybe they just like again DHC a little bit more, and you can go him off the roster. But a guy, let's say they do go in in free agency, which I doubt they will, and they want to do that again, another one year deal. They let to Sean Gibson walk, which I don't think they'll do. What would you take a one year prove it deal on a guy like Malik Hooker, who's been ha- he's had a bunch of injuries. He was a stud out of Ohio State, was a big playmaker. Never really amounted to that with the with the Colts. If the Bears continue that trend of one-year deal, one-year deal, you know, maybe that's a route that they could take. But ultimately,
1: who they have right now is, I think, who they'll have at the position come 2021. All right, simple enough there. I mean, I, I don't think we need to get in depth. I think they were the last position group we talked about in the previous episode. So I think our thoughts were pretty well documented on all of these players. So moving on to special teams. As we mentioned at the top of the episode, Cairo Santos uh, did sign a five-year contract extension, so the Bears have a kicker under contract uh, here for the foreseeable future. Franchise record holder kicker, Cairo Santos, that is, uh, which leads us uh, for a punter, which, again, I'm not going to go out here and scout punters all day, so I'm bringing back Mega Punt. He's fine. Uh, I I think someone in our chat last week said he's overrated. I would wonder who you're talking to uh, because I I haven't really seen anything about him being great or spectacular uh, at what he does, but he's fine. He's good. He's average. And the difference between a great punter in the NFL and an average one isn't a lot. So I'm okay with it. So I would bring back Patrick O'Donnell unless, unless he's going to cost a lot of money for a punter. And then you just go pick someone up. I as got as an undrafted free agent uh, to save yourself some, some capital uh, if he, if you need to. But ideally you don't want to mess with the magic, not for punting, but for the field goal unit, right? You don't want to get rid of the scales, O'Donnell, Santos, because that really worked last year. So I think that has some value that should be considered here outside of just Pat O'Donnell, uh, the punter. And it's not that he's great at holding, but I don't know, a little maybe Maybe I'm a little stitious uh, when it comes to this right now.
2: Hey, yeah, don't mess with, uh, it's not broke, so don't. I don't even know if I, I did that right. But you know what I mean. Like Pat O'Donnell is not gonna make the difference in the game in terms of going to upgrade a you know, whatever a an elite punter looks like. I I can't even tell you what who who that is. Pat McAfee. Or, <laughs> see, it's I man. Will, we are we are thinking I was just listening to Ten Questions with Kyle Brandt. His latest guest was Pat McAfee and I was just gonna bring him up somehow, but you already did it for me, Will, so thank you very much. But yeah, I'm all for And I don't know how many times I've said that in this podcast. It's new. I'm all for so-and-so X, Y, and Z. But, yes, Paddle Donald, bring him back. Mega punt. He's he's fine. There's nothing wrong with Paddle Donald. You bring him back.
1: All right. Simple enough. I think I said that phrase, too. I'll have to cut that one out. Um, Anything else in this episode that you want to mention? That does it. I still feel a little underwhelmed. Defense, I expected it. Uh, I knew it was going to be a lot of, at least us, if we had choices bringing back a lot of the players we already had uh, just with a wrinkle uh, here and there uh, with some manure talent. But we talked about this previously. The money needs to shift to the offense. Uh, So that's why we're looking at some potential uh, players on that side of the ball uh, externally, uh, a little bit more so than the defense. But I still feel, regardless, a little underwhelmed. I don't expect big splashes to happen via free agency, and the only you know, big splash that the Bears can make is going to have to happen via a trade, uh, which could really change all of this if it ended up happening. Um, but all we can do is give our best plan with the current situation that we know we have. Yeah, that's all we can do. And by next Wednesday,
2: the Bears need to figure out what they're going to do to get, you know, under the cap. So they, they have a limited time, and there's going to be maybe some of those tough decisions that we see. And I hope, I really hope we don't see like an Akeem Hicks or a Kyle Fuller be one of those tough decisions where the Bears have to go the other direction because that that would be tough to see. Well, it really would just because we know the significance. But there's there's going to be tough decisions made because the Bears are over the cap again. We don't even know the exact number at this point. Maybe twenty million something around there. But by next Wednesday, we'll have it all figured out and we'll see what other moves can be made when that kind of all
1: happens. Oh man, I, I have no idea uh, what's gonna happen between now and then. Obviously, if something tremendous uh either good or bad breaks uh nick and i will hop on behind the mics as soon as we can uh i know with my new job won't be like i said my afternoons won't be as available um but my evenings and everything else should be pretty pretty standard so i'm excited for that um but yeah i don't know nick um i feel like i'm expecting nothing yet everything all at the same time when you look at both the free agency lens and then go and getting yourself a quarterback lens as well I, i'm there's like two sides of my brain right now and I'm trying to walk that tightrope
2: and there's only one word to describe all that will and it's welp
1: welp here we go <laughs> all right <laughs> I want to, uh, anything else before I close up that's it well that's all we got Well, like you said if anything happens we'll be there at some point in time to break it down there you go. That works for me. Make sure to rate and review our show. Our goal is 700 reviews on Apple Podcasts by Training Cap. If we hit that goal, we'll send one lucky listener a free Chicago Bears jersey of their choice. And I want to thank everyone who tuned in today. We'll be back very soon to cover everything that happened throughout the free agency frenzy uh, that's about to be upon us. But until then, bear down, Chicago. <laughs> to do another little small giveaway real quick let's do it all right let's do it cool so we'll do the first person to either hit us up on social media or email uh, me will at chicago audible.com with the word whelp we'll get a free Ooh. bears hat i think that's always
2: a good one yeah can you use a new hat for the new league year that's i like that but look that darn whelp word has been Everywhere. I've been trying to find gifts,
1: however you pronounce it, I think it's gifts, so with whelp in it. And there are some. So, whelp's a good one. I like it. So, there we go. And I think hat is fitting with all the talk about caps uh, throughout <laughs> this entire episode. So, there it is. A little another end of the episode giveaway. Uh, social media, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Nick, keep an eye on Instagram for us. Uh, and then here, in my email will at com. First person to give us a whelp. You'll get a free Chicago Bears hat, and I look forward to seeing who that is. Hopefully, it's a lot of people because I mean it was everywhere. Will and we weren't
2: even really a part of it, and honestly, I'm glad.
0: <laughs> Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at tempurpedic.com.